0: Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is sponsored by Sonder, the global authority on owned media, valuation, and leverage. Whether you are in travel, financial services, retail or telecommunications, loyalty programs like yours are typically generating $70 million per year in owned media value. Visit sondermedia.com to find out how you can unlock the value of your owned media. Sonder, the global authority on owned media. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Loyalty, featuring a world-famous brand and a loyal listener of this show. Fernando Jiménez caught my attention as he's recently taken on a fascinating new role designing a loyalty programme for Tupperware products. He also has an impressive background in airline loyalty with Club Premier which is the leading coalition program in Mexico and the operator of the frequent flyer program of AeroMexico, Mexico's flagship airline. Having now taken on this super interesting project for Tupperware, I was delighted with the opportunity to meet Fernando and share all his wonderful insights with you. He's also my first guest from Mexico. So I hope you enjoy listening to Fernando Jiménez. So, Fernando, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty.
1: Oh, Paula, thank you very much for the invite. I'm very happy to, to be with you and, and, and to share what we've learned.
0: Absolutely. And I know you're a listener of the show, Fernando, which always uh, is very heartwarming for me. And you're also my first guest actually coming, uh, speaking from Mexico. So thank you for being with us.
1: So oh, Thank you very much. And again, very happy and happier to be the first one from Mexico.
0: There you are. I said to you, it's an extraordinary country, and I've never been. So definitely adding it now on my on my travel wish list.
1: Please do so. Please do so. You're you're gonna like it.
0: Oh, great! So listen, Fernando, um, you have an extraordinary career in loyalty. We are going to get into um, a fabulous decade that you spent. First of all, on the airline loyalty side. And then most excitingly, your recent role. But before we get into all of the work that you actually do, um, please do tell me, what is your favorite loyalty program? Or if you want to have two, I think you have two. Please tell us your favorite loyalty programs.
1: Yeah, I I do have two. And and I think I have two perspectives. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about a customer perspective, Mm -hmm. I think Microsoft Awards, it's a great program. And obviously, they're very good at gamification, right? Yeah. So I I think it's very attractive uh, the 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 arts that that they work with um, the the visual communication, and what I like the most is how they handle uh, that incentive. How how do they? Uh, manage your motivation to start growing within the program right so mm-hmm. basically gamification gives you uh those opportunities and those tools to do so so i think uh microsoft awards is great in in yeah. terms of the final consumer okay if we talk about um a coalition program uh, and just uh, like a reference club premier uh, from Aeromexico, mexico they they are a coalition program so When you're within the program, so then you have another kind of customer, which is uh, or client, which is your business partner. So if you are a program, I have airlines and have banks and have retailers as your partners slash customers. So at the time, uh, I mean, what's the important thing for them? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for the program to help them grow, get extra customers, uh, activation, and everything. And I and I think Smiles, mm-hmm. which is the frequent, fr- uh, sorry, the frequent flyer program for gold in Brazil, mm-hmm. I think they are very good doing that.
0: Wow. Thank you for that, Fernando. Um, And I wasn't familiar with SMILES, so I was delighted that you mentioned it to me uh, before we came on air today. And even the airline, actually, I wasn't even sure. So if anyone like me is super interested in learning more about coalition, because I do believe it's a a fascinating model, um, they have some fantastic statistics. So 17.6 million members of the SMILES program in Brazil, um, and they were talking about recruitment rates of sixty-seven thousand new members every month. So definitely a market leader in um, the Brazilian loyalty market. And the airline, I, I also had to look it up as well. Fernando G O L Gol. Gold. So that wasn't one I was familiar with, but sounds like That's absolutely true. the market leader. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. And, and um, when I used to work for for the FFP, um, yep. they were kind of my benchmark. So they become um like a a reference they come up with different things and we we try to to do something similar and adjust to our market and some of them really really work uh, very well
0: yes i think you said to me they were very agile so i think you liked that um you know ability to to innovate yeah yeah
1: and and a lot of uh, technology as well they defined themselves as a technology company
0: interesting yeah.
1: Obviously focused in terms uh, of marketing. Yeah. Um, but they had, if, if I remember correctly, uh, more than 50% of their headcount is uh, in a technology area. Wow. So th- that gives them th- that agility uh, yes. for them to design, a program, and launch uh, new offers very fast.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. Because uh, in my experience, most coalition programs would tend to position themselves as data companies. Um, And I'll be interested to hear what what, uh, Club Premier in terms of your experience with them. But, uh, you know, in terms of um, opportunity, a technology company, of course, makes perfect sense as well for coalition. So thank you for bringing smiles to my attention, Fernando. Definitely put that on my wish list of um, programs to interview. And also, just for anyone who hasn't heard, we did have Microsoft Rewards on the program as well. So I'll make sure in our show notes that we link back to Microsoft Rewards. So if people do want to hear more about their gamification, because I was amazed, actually, I didn't know it all, Fernando, because I'm not a gamer and I also don't use their search engine. I'm just a, a Google user. So the fact that they have an entire loyalty program within Microsoft, I thought was incredible. So uh, yes, you're the first user of that program that I've met.
1: <laughs> okay happy to be here as well and, uh, and and also i think they are very good integrated uh across platforms obviously so yep. i i i use xbox okay so there's where i enroll i believe mm-hmm. um and then i have my account online and then from time to time i get no notifications uh on the browser so okay. hey if you if you do such and such so then you will get points and everything so uh Wow. I I, I just love them.
0: Super, super. So tell us then, Fernando, you have been in loyalty um, for a long time, um, certainly, as I said, over a decade. So tell us, how did you get into the industry and and your career so far?
1: Well, that's um, a bit of coincidence. I was working for HSBC the bank in Mexico. So I spent with them say six, five, six years or so. And okay. I went across different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the time where I, I become more familiar with loyalty was when I was working on the credit card area. So, you know, you have these bank, bank programs where yeah. when you use your, your credit card, you get points and then you can redeem and stuff. Um, I I got familiar with with the terms and with everything but then I move on to a different area but then I finished my career in HSBC and I mm. joined Club Premier so yes. I didn't know anything in in that uh not not very profound about loyalty but the way that I that I joined the program is because they were looking for someone to manage bank relationships so ah. basically uh, yeah. They had just launched a corporate branded card
0: mm-hmm.
1: with uh, with Banamex, which is the, the uh, subsidiary of uh, Citibank in Mexico. Okay, they had just launched that, and they had a number of programs um, for points conversion. Mm-hmm. So they had two or three large banks for points conversion. So I started working with that within the program. I started to get familiar with accruing, redemption, earn burn rates. And uh, I started my career in loyalty first as bank uh, relationship manager. Then I got the uh, the air rewards part. So basically oh. the relationships with all the airlines, earning mm-hmm. and burning, mm-hmm. and also with the sky team. Uh, later on, I also got the travel part, hotels, car rentals, cruises, um, and then I got Club Premier Corporate as well. Wow. So the relationship with, with companies. So I spent with them 10 years yeah. talking about points.
0: Yes, my goodness. And Club Premier again. I have to put that one on the wish list as well, Fernando. I think I said to you before we started uh, this recording that I wish I'd met you actually one year ago. I could have had maybe some insights from there as well. But um, but today we're here to talk nice. about your wonderful new role, which I'm super excited about because I think it's highly innovative. And you have uh, joined a brand which I think is perhaps one of the most famous in the world. I don't know if that's true but certainly feels it but tell us now you have joined tupperware as head of loyalty uh, preferred customer and loyalty director actually is your correct title so what convinced you that this was um the kind of career move that you wanted to make for yourself
1: that's a very interesting question and, and i i have had that question a number of times since i joined tupperware um <laughs> yeah
0: so different
1: yeah and and the the first part of your question you were talking about the the size of the of the brand uh, yeah. and I totally agree with you it's one of the largest brands in the world.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so at the time I moved to Tupperware um people started asking hey you, uh, you were working in in the airline industry you were very happy there and actually I was very happy uh but you know what on on the personal side um Two things uh, helped me make this the decision. So the first one is the, the size of the brand, a great, great brand um, around the world. Yeah. And the other one is a, a um, the, the, the thing to build something new, and uh, it's it's the the idea of uh, having something that does not exist. I'm mm. doing all the work to put it on the on the market and help the business grow, right? So I, I would say that's the main reason I, I moved here. So we started building stuff and uh, they didn't have a lot of things towards the final customer. So mm-hmm. the idea and the strategy is to start working on that and, and have a lot of tools to start knowing our customers, to retain them, uh, mm-hmm. to help our business, to bring more people to to, to the company.
0: Yeah. Well, I I would share your excitement Fernando. The idea of having a blank sheet of paper to create an entire value proposition for a global brand like Tupperware. I mean, yes, I can see why that was super hard to resist. And yeah, when I was looking there for example at the history of the of the company, um so the founder's name, Earl Tupper, um And what was amazing to me, actually, Fernando, I don't know for you, but uh, they were talking on the Tupperware website that in the beginning, actually, nobody even understood, of course, uh, why this, you know, amazing technology of, I suppose, unbreakable plastic that was airtight would be so valuable for, you know, people, I guess, at home um, in terms of preserving our food and everything. So, so that was a super interesting uh, piece of your history and dates back to 1946 as well i read which is just wonderful
1: it is and and um uh, that's in the us and in mexico we are around 50 years old here
0: okay um
1: and also something very very interesting at least for me it's uh, talking about the direct selling industry so i'm i'm going to talk about myself i didn't know how it worked actually so the it if we talk about direct selling, it's a company that has a very interesting product. Like in in this um, in in this case, is a plastic mm. container. Yeah, but it's a very good product. So then the question is, how do you put it out there in the market? Sure. So what the company did is uh, to offer people not being uh contracted by the company i mean mm-hmm. you didn't have a contract with, with the company uh, and they say hey i have this product do you have interest to make extra money uh, or an income uh yeah. reselling this product yeah so if we agree this will be the list price or the end price for the customer okay and then you can get a margin out of that wow so in, in a nutshell that's how the industry works. Um, So having said that, direct selling companies are very much focused on your sales force, on the sales force. So they do a lot of stuff uh, about that sales force Mm. and have little, little view about the final customer, because the final customer, the, the user of that product is a customer of your sales force. Yeah. So you have like a middle layer there. Uh, yeah so then you don't have direct contact with your end consumer. Yeah. So there's misinformation about that.
0: That's a a very important point, Fernando, and thank you for explaining that because I think we're all familiar with the idea of um, retailers as resellers and, you know, any manufacturing brand, of course, I suppose, is starting to realize that they want to have those direct consumer relationships, whether that's through e-commerce or lots of different ways. But essentially, you have an entirely separate audience, which is this sales force of, in my mind, I would have probably used a word like agent. So I guess all the, all the, um, the resellers is obviously what you're referring to them as. Or
1: consultants.
0: Consultants, exactly. And my understanding, Fernando, is then uh, for people who work like that, there's a huge amount of flexibility, I guess, that you can, Decide that I want to maybe have a let's say a Tupperware party, uh, you know, every six months in my home, for example, or something like that. Or maybe I could say no. Actually, I would like to earn more, so I can I can create it as a full time business, and you know, find find lots more opportunities and maybe communities to sell to. Is that the way it works?
1: Totally, uh, you just nailed it. And but, but also let us let us uh, reinforce that. Markets work differently. I mean, the way Tupperware works in the U.S. uh, is different how we work in Mexico. And that's because of the market maturity, um, the the customer maturity as well, and the competition that you have in the market. Mm. So in some markets, let's say in U.S., probably you're going to see some of our products in retail stores. Not as much in Mexico. In Mexico, we are at 95% focused on the direct selling business.
0: Oh, wow. So,
1: but then going back on on your question, you're totally right. Yeah. You're going to have very different profiles within your uh, consultant space. You have some of them that are fully committed to what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they have an economic margin and Mm -hmm. they work uh, the whole day doing that. Mm. But then you have some others that need, need more flexibility. Yeah. And they they use two, three, four hours of the day, uh, and then they do something else. For example, uh moms that mm. yeah. want that flexibility. Yeah. So they they assign just a few hours and then they do the the homework. Yeah. Kind of that. Yeah. And then you have other group which we call preferred customers, which are a group that are very um, keen to acquire our, our products. They were interested in getting a, a very good discount on those okay. products. But okay. They do not resell them. They use them for personal use or probably for their close uh, friends and relatives. Okay. Um, and they have a different profile. So wow. we have... These uh, two main groups within the Salesforce, preferred customers. Yeah. And, and the other ones, we call them business builders. They, they are actually interested in building a business with that, with that income. And the third group is the final consumer. Yes. So it's these, these people that buy from our consultants uh, mm. or, I mean, either from our consultants or from our online store.
0: Of course, of course. And I love that. And I'd love you to talk now, of course, about Tupperware Rewards, specifically, Fernando, um, is probably the next place I'd love to understand because I guess the reason that's most relevant now is I'm guessing you didn't know about those, you know, I would call them super fans or preferred customers, as you're uh, calling them. You probably didn't know they existed before you launched the loyalty program, did you?
1: We didn't know who they were. Okay. We didn't know their names, uh, where they live, what they buy from us. Uh, so what we did is we started on the online uh, environment. Yeah. Since we already had an online store,
0: yeah,
1: uh, it made sense. It, it would be easier to start there yeah. than building something uh, in order uh, to get that information from our end consumers through the sales force, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, <clears throat> we looked to, to the online store and we started gathering information. Mm-hmm. So we came up with a program uh, that I would say, this is our first version of it.
0: Okay, of course, yeah.
1: So we uh, we already got our our store. Um, they had another partner where they could connect all the information through the store and start running a, a later program. Mm-hmm. So then now we have a no membership um, program, or mm-hmm. you can enroll for free and you mm-hmm. can get points and, and some benefits. But then, if you acquire our membership, uh, uh, actually, the name is the preferred customer Mem- membership, which okay. is 99 pesos a year. It's not expensive. Yes. Then You get extra points, then you get extra discounts, you get extra benefits, and then you can start growing on different tiers. You enroll and you get a bronze tier. Um, But then depending on your spend, you can get up to silver and gold Mm. and obviously getting extra benefits.
0: That is super fascinating. I didn't know you had a subscription or membership model. I, I thought it was all just a, you know, traditional free to join, like you said, the 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 free program. But I would love to know the um the insight as to why it's, you know, at such a, an affordable price point. And at the same time, it's, you know, it's it's there in place that there is a transactioning that they are paying to join something. But for ninety nine pesos is amazing.
1: Yeah, and obviously uh, being a fairly new program, uh, and I would say th- this is a this is a program I have not seen in Mexico. Talking yeah. about direct selling, I mean, yeah. you have as a direct selling company, you have some other companies that compete within your same like product range. Mm-hmm. If we talk about plastic containers, there's yeah. another company that is working in the same part, uh, but there's also there are also other companies that are direct selling companies that they sell different stuff. They of sell course. shoes, they sell beauty yeah. uh, products and everything. They are not your direct competition in terms of product, but mm. they compete with you as a uh, as a company that gives the market the opportunity to, to make extra money.
0: Ah, yes. So, what people
1: do, exactly what people do is they can have the Tupperware catalog, the uh, shoe catalog, or the beauty catalog. And when they visit their customers, they say, Hey, uh, I have uh, plastic Mm -hmm. containers, I have shoes, and I have what do you want? Yeah. So, also, what we need to do is to be present in the market, be present in the mind of the final consumer. And be present in the mind of the consultant. Mm. So uh, to help them prefer our products, uh, delivering more benefits to them. Um, And so then going back to your your question about the preferred customers and having a membership for that. Yeah. So we already know that we have a big group of people interested on our products. We know the markets uh, regularly look for discounts, mm. particularly in our industry, since yeah. they know that if you enroll as a sales force, you get an extra uh, discount, right? Okay. But then if, if I don't want to be a business builder and I just want to get that very interesting discount, I can do that. So what we're trying to do or what we're building is having a, uh, an option for the end consumer that is not looking for discount. Mm -hmm. So we have an option for them. Mm. But then if you're a preferred customer, so somebody that will be more repetitive on purchasing, that we will have um, bigger average tickets and such, then Mm -hmm. we have this other option. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the main idea of having a specific preferred customer Mm -hmm. membership for this group of customers.
0: Super interesting. So Tupperware Rewards, uh, I think you said to me a soft launch in October 2021 uh, with full launch then. And you took some time, which I really like. So full launch just literally like two months ago. So launching in April 2022. So how is Tupperware Rewards going for you, Fernando?
1: It's, it's doing very good, actually. Um, as, as you said, we launched it in, in October and then decided to go, say, public in, in April. And we did that with a, with a group of 10 micro-influencers that regularly work with our brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're present in Instagram, in Twitter and stuff. And the, the other is that nowadays the program is available only on the online market. So that's why we just selected these influencers. And then nice. we're working to build yeah. uh, all the infrastructure we need to serve the customers that buy from our sales force in, in the physical environment. Yeah. Um. So then how it's going? Yeah. Uh, I can share some numbers with you. Out of what we're selling online, mm-hmm. um, nowadays nearly 35% uh, mm-hmm. of the purchases are made out of... Uh, top reward, reward members okay. and also the average ticket is around 20 23 percent higher than non-members so uh there uh we we reached the numbers we were looking for obviously this is a growing program of at course. the time we reach maturity we're trying to reach 50 yeah. percent uh, penetration rate of that mm-hmm. uh, and, and we're very confident and that we're gonna reach those numbers mm-hmm. but but for the time being, we have demonstrated that the program the, that the program really really works. Yeah, and it's helping on uh, purchase repetition mm-hmm. and growing the average spend.
0: OK, wonderful. Yeah, super exciting. And I don't think I've actually, again, had a program that's been fully launched using uh, influencers of any sort, Fernando. So that was a big decision to, to bring those micro influencers and rely on them essentially to, to build this for you.
1: Yeah, we believe that uh, since we're working in this digital environment, it, it made sense Yeah, at the time we launched the program big time. Mm. Uh, For those consumers that are uh, buying from our consultants, we will have to have a different strategy because they are very used to transaction in the physical world. Yeah. And probably they're not very aware of what we're doing online. Yeah. Uh, So we will have to have a different approach.
0: Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. And the other thing that w- I was thinking about as well, Fernando, I was thinking back to my very early career working with British Airways, again, another wonderful global brand. And, you know, we'd always had our frequent flyer program, of course, called the Executive Club. But we then launched a dedicated loyalty program for the travel agency community. Um, so so I'm interested in any of the dynamics, for example, because you know, sometimes I think, for example, um, your consultants that you're you're obviously so reliant on and, you know, really obviously value them. Um, have you had much reaction from them, either positive or maybe concern? I think sometimes they might be concerned you might, you know, try and drive all the business to e-commerce in the future. So have you had anything like that to manage?
1: That's a very good question. and And I think it's a very authentic uh concern mm. from the sales force um sure. obviously it, it's in the market and they are aware of what we're doing yeah on the online part and and the concern is just as you described right uh the the that fear of uh hey i have these customers here i don't want them to go to the online store um so particularly for Mexico, the online uh, part is very small. So there's no risk or lose, of losing a, a big number of customers that are migrating to a different channel. Mm. Um, and also the customers that our consultants serve uh, are not that very digital. Okay. So they are like a very traditional market. Okay. Uh, but also uh, a reality is that Tupperware is trying to uh, be more present in different channels. Uh, at, at the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about the, the, the size of our brand. It's a very large uh, brand, yeah. Um, but particularly in Mexico, we're very much focused on the direct selling channel, mm. which is very good because that that's the most the most important. But we we need to be present in some different channels. Yeah. Um, but the, the reality is that uh, since our online market is very small, okay, uh, we see no risk of our customers moving to a different channel.
0: Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. Yes. And I guess, you know, once you think it through, there might be an initial concern, but then actually <coughs> you're absolutely right. They know their customers so well that they are not going to change channel d- dramatically yeah. in a market like yours, it sounds.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Uh, There's a particular thing about our our products. Some of them have to be demonstrated. Um, Okay. Yeah. But you know know what? If if sometimes if you receive a product, uh, let's say a food container, Mm. uh, that it's uh, the seal that we produce is very tight. Yeah. and it has is its importance about uh, how much oxy- oxygen is going inside the, the uh, container or mm. outside under mm. some specifications that i'm not expert on yeah sure. but some of these project uh, some of these products have to be demonstrated so through the direct selling channel that's that's what our consultants do and also that's why they're called consultants because they they have all the information from from the product and they can uh, show you how it works or teach you how to use that because Mm -hmm. there are some more complex products. Um, So that's another advantage of purchasing through the physical channel, because then you will have all this information firsthand.
0: Totally. Yes, and actually I was looking at your online brochure and uh you know used the QR code just to you know test it see how it worked. It was super interesting. Took me to a video was showing a demonstration about a particular container that actually had you know an option to change the amount of oxygen where you could open it or close it depending on what food was inside. So again, I would not have any clue about Tuberware. I'm certainly not expert, not exactly a domestic goddess. I have to confess, Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was very well done. So, uh, but I can understand again. You know, unless I was already online, which clearly I am most of the time. That's the kind of thing you would need somebody to tell you firsthand and if you want to do that at scale obviously your consultants are doing an amazing job for that for you.
1: Yeah of course but but then also let's mention that we're working on having topical rewards on the traditional channel as well. Great Um, yeah. uh, You know the technology connections and everything that we have to build we're already working on that.
0: Wow. Wow. And is Tupperware Rewards in other markets as well as Mexico, Fernando, or are you the launch market?
1: Some other markets are doing some things, not the same way that we're doing it in Mexico. Uh, They already have something in Australia. They have something in uh, Singapore, I believe. Mm. And there are some other markets that are working on that. But um, again, since we have particularities in each market, yeah. Uh, each market is uh, working in a very particular way. I'm, I mean, uh, not being the exact same program for everyone.
0: Okay. But good to hear that there's an appetite you know, in in lots of markets, because I'm guessing that Tupperware, like many global companies would share, I guess, a lot of information and ideas and strategies for success. So super interesting, actually. I think it is the ideal way, in fact, to have, you know, the benefit of the blank sheet of paper that you have, but yet access to expertise in other markets that you can also learn from, I guess, along the journey.
1: Yeah, I I do agree with you. And and the idea of start building programs and taking care of our preferred customers and the final customers is basically, um, and I think it's the same thing across every industry. How do I get new customers? How do I activate them? And how do I retain them? Yeah. Uh, At the time I joined Tupperware, somebody um, through the interviews, they said, hey, uh, what's your interest of moving from the <clears throat> airline industry yeah. to, a, to a direct selling industry? Mm. And, and I respond the exact same thing. I yeah. mean, we are all looking forward to have more customers and to serve them better. And we have to do that at any uh, industry. So yeah. uh, it's different yeah. industry, but it's the same, the same end. Uh, yeah, idea,
0: right? The principles always remain absolutely. So driving profitable behavior change, as we often say. But tell me, do you miss the airline industry, Fernando? I did when I left. I do. Yes, <laughs> yes,
1: yes. I, I do. I, I love traveling, um, and and I just. You know, I, before working for the airline industry, I, I knew I liked to travel. Yeah. But but then uh, attending different meetings and sometimes it's very very, um, I mean very tiring because you yeah. got to go to a meeting in Paris and you have to fly Sunday, get there on Monday, meeting yeah. on Tuesday and flying back on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but I just love that. <laughs>
0: Me, I did exactly the same, Fernando. I used to take the British Airways flight from Dubai to London practically every week. I would have my meetings in Heathrow, do the same turnaround as the aircraft and fly back again so yes I wouldn't do it now I can tell you I'm too exhausted <laughs> after I travel but um, but also actually you know we've already talked about you know what a wonderful brand and opportunity and the other piece I saw on LinkedIn was this super cool thing about Tupperware being uh, launched in space essentially on the international space station being used to test I think the characteristics of plastic I didn't really understand it but again incredible. Incredible that a brand like Tupperware is being used as a quality um, test, almost in such dramatically innovative environments. I thought that was wonderful.
1: Yeah, and we are very happy about that. I mean, uh, it's a a very interesting project, not just for testing plastic, but also to help uh, the scientists up there to start growing um, some plants. And they are doing that within our products. And you know what? Part of the idea is. to, to make this the statement that uh Tupperware is not just uh products for storing uh food in the in the fridge. So we we have that line and we have uh the product line for uh free for the freezer or the containers for for storing food on um I lost the word for these cabinets in the kitchen Uh, okay yeah
0: yeah just like dry foods essentially yeah
1: dry food or for the closet I mean we have a lot of products and not just containers for food
0: okay okay well I mean we all know that there's plenty of people wanting to tell us we're going to be living on Mars for example in the future so you know feels like Tupperware will be the first brand there to uh, to help us figure all of that out huh
1: we will be happy to do so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know what? There are some other initiatives very interesting because uh, as a product company, I, I mean, our products uh, based on plastic. Yeah. Uh, there's this concern about contamination and pollution and everything. Yes. Uh, so we have very good options for eliminating, eliminating uh, plastics of just one use. And for example, we had some initiatives in there's one in Canada uh, with Tim Hortons and another with uh, Burger King in the U.S. Yeah. where you can reuse the containers. So uh, you're not getting uh, uh, one use pro- uh, container. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- you throw those away and it's already pollution. Yeah. So we have these, uh, I don't know if the word in English is correct, uh, returnable yes. products. I mean, you can use this container and and then you give it back to the store and they sanitize them and everything and they can use it again. Uh, So we're working on different things uh, also to to help the planet.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes, yes, actually. And that's a very important point, Fernando. I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, sometimes the very idea of, you know, plastic, it's easy to, you know, uh, really dismiss it and say that it's not a good thing. But I've seen some very important and interesting debates about, you know, how much more waste there would be in the world of food, unfortunately, if we didn't have the, the use of plastic. But you're absolutely right. It's about making sure it's multiple use. So it's not just disposable. So that's a great role that Tupperware can play. Thank you for mentioning that. So yeah. I think that's all of my questions, Fernando, from my side. Was there anything else that you thought we should uh, mention before we wrap up?
1: Um, no, I, I think we covered everything. Uh, the 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 kind of customers we're serving, the program, um, the good stuff about the, the brand. I think we're we're done.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, listen, as I said, I'm always super inspired to hear something that's literally so new, so innovative and so inspiring. And again, coming from from yourself with such an incredible um, expertise in the whole uh, loyalty industry. So thank you for joining us today. I will say Fernando Jimenez, Preferred Customer and Loyalty Director with Tupperware in Mexico. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty.
1: Thank you very much, Paula. Thank you for the invite and for the time.
0: This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association, the leading organization for loyalty networking and education in Asia Pacific. Their International Virtual Loyalty Conference will take place on the 25th of August 2022. Register now to hear global experts discuss current trends in loyalty marketing there will be fantastic networking opportunities, questions and answers, gamification, and great prizes to be won. Visit australianloyaltyassociation.com to find out more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week,